0: Welcome to Lowe's Logic, the way I see the world and the way I believe the world sees me. I'm your host, Winslow Woodland, coming to you from Washington, D.C. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, to laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition. To know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. Again, by Ralph Waldo Emerson. I like to start off this day talking to you about awkward moments. Recently, I had the notion to wake up and share a positive message with a group of people And among this group were people that I thought based on where I knew they were in their lives were moving forward either with a new career, a job, a new idea, you know, or were struggling with something, trying to figure it out, you know, whether the new idea, the job that they thought was, you know, the best. And so sending this positive message to this group, Was just second nature to me. So I sent it to male and female. The message went like this. I woke up thinking about you. And hoping you are well. And that your day is filled with every hope for it that you have. Period. Now what's interesting about that. It was a simple message. It went to a group of people. And for some reason I didn't get responses back from a number of people. I should add that it made me wonder, based on past experiences where, that I've recently had, whether the message might have been received in a way that I didn't intend for it to be received. I thought about this experience, and it sort of prompts me to develop the offering for which I've called Awkward Moments When Communication Doesn't Go As You Intend It. So, I have a few stories, uh, three actually, and I'll start off, not in any particular order, but one of my early encounters with attempting to communicate with a person, and it going awkward, I mean, being just totally awkward after the fact. So, a little background, I was working on my bachelor's degree in nursing, and one of my colleagues or fellow students who was also working in the field and I were working on a project. It was the weekend, so, you know, we had to finalize the project. She was at work, I wasn't. And I called her and I said, well, I need to drive by and pick up those papers. So I drove to her job and when she was on a break, she gave me some paperwork. It was before we had all this wonderful technology that we use today to transfer information. So when I entered the hospital, she was wearing scrub suits, you know, a scrub suit. And then her colleague, she had a colleague with her who also had on a scrub suit. And when she introduced me to her colleague, I said, oh, hey, how are you? And this is when the awkward moment came. I said, when are you due? Having made the assumption that she was pregnant, there was a silence and an awkward pause. She was not pregnant. And um, what I learned from that experience is to never comment when I meet someone on their body, Period. You just don't do it. It just is not a good idea. Some people's bodies are shaped and wonderfully made. And it's just not a good idea. Alright. Awkward moment number two. Happened recently. And I got to give you a little background. So, I ride my bike to work one day. Feeling really good, wonderful weather, just top of the morning, just wonderful morning. So I walk into the area of Starbucks, and when I walk in, I notice it's sort of crowded. And it's one of those, when you walk in, the people who are waiting are the first that you encounter. So I see two of my colleagues, and I'll call them Flygirl1, and Supergirl two, and I engage Fly Girl one and Supergirl two, and I say, "Hey, good morning, how you guys doing?" And of course, I'm greeted with smiles, and they're telling me, "Fly Girl one's like, oh, they're just so slow this morning. We've been waiting forever." And Supergirl two acknowledges what Fly Fly one says, and I was like, "Oh, great. Well, let me put my order in." And I move up to the line. I walk away from them. And in front of me, we'll call her uh, MJ. MJ is a petite Asian young lady, uh, probably 35 at most. And so I begin to engage MJ. I was like, wow, this line is really moving slow. I feel like, you know, maybe we all should know each other. Hi, I'm Winslow. <clears throat> and she's like, Hi, I'm MJ. And small talk, and I said, "So, what do you do?" And she's like, "Well, I'm a journalist in the area." And I'm like, "Oh, great!" And, you know, I told her, "You know, I work for a Human Service Agency." And you know, as the line is inching up, she places her order, and I wait. She walks over to the waiting area where Fly Girl One and Super Girl Two are standing. I place my order. And then I end up over there where the three young ladies are. And I, again, say, wow, we've all been in here so long. We should all know each other. I said, Fly Girl 1, Super Girl 2. This is MJ. MJ, this is Fly Girl 1 and Super Girl 2. And Fly Girl 1 rolls her eyes and looks up into space and utters, nobody want to know her. And I was like, what happened? What's wrong? And she was like, well, MJ dropped something. And Supergirl 2 picked it up and handed it to her. And MJ did not say thank you. And I said, oh boy, wow. Because at this point, I know MJ must have heard what Supergirl 1 said. And so for... Full disclosure, awkward moment. I'm like, I'm trying to blend three people together in a moment of harmony early in the morning before we get our caffeine. And what I learned there is all groups are not meant to be blended. Awkward moment. So my third awkward moment comes where um, I received a phone call one morning. Um, from a distraught person who was tearful and they clearly were in a period of distress and they were experiencing a moment where they felt as though the person that they loved and cared about and had been with for years was possibly considering leaving them or they thought that they were going to end up being alone. You know, their children had moved away and uh, gone to college and they were in a home all alone at that point, fearing that the person that they loved was not coming home or had intentions on leaving them. So it's not one of those conversations where I can just end quickly. So of course, as I do, I listen, I offer support, hope. And One of the things that I chose to do was to try to uplift this person's spirit. And what I've learned from that is it's not always a good idea to use yourself in that moment to help uplift a person. So what I did was, you know, I told the person, you know, how beautiful they were. I told them how successful they were. I told them how well-intended they were and that anyone would be glad to have them and that they should feel uh, no regrets if the person that they were discussing left them because they should be able to go out and meet someone nice and maybe get someone like me and the like me part. I explained someone who was a homebody, someone who wanted to build in a relationship and grow and brought the resources that they had to bear exclusively and expressly home to that group. Um, And somehow I felt like I had done some good. I know the conversation ended up being stressful for me because it was lengthy, it was long, and I worried whether I had reached the person. And this conversation, I should add, went on for hours. Well, fast forward a year and a half later, I find that that conversation somehow, the narrative was reshaped and formed to state that I had made comments that that person and I should maybe run away together. And that was an awkward moment for me because to this day i'm still mummified and stupefied as to how that narrative was shaped and then i'll add one cherry on top awkward moment that uh, occurred to me and it was one day i woke up i was riding uh, in my car on the way to work leaving my neighborhood and as you know I tend to do like other people. I give myself just enough time not to be late, which is not always a good thing to do. But I roll my window down. I see my neighbor. I believe he was either raking his yard or watering his grass. And I said, hey, man, how you doing? You know, a friend or two and I had said, you know, never ask people how they're doing because... If they tell you, you may not have time to listen. You may not have time to hear. And it's one of those courtesies that we really need to be nuanced about. So when I said, hey, how are you doing? And they came back with, oh, everything's okay. You know, my spouse and I are just finalizing our divorce now. I had no idea that these people were getting divorced. I would seen them. They seemed, for all intents and purposes, happy. And that one statement regarding the, the divorce and the look in the person's face when they said it made me feel compelled not to be, oh, well, hope that works out for you. Let me continue on to the office. No, I had to stop and breathe and go into a listening mode but I must tell you it was an awkward moment because the right side of my body was like dude you know you're going to be late and the left side of my body was like this person really needs you to hear them now and so I listened and I gave them my true authentic self and albeit awkward because i was torn between being on time and listening to someone who needed me to hear them at that moment they didn't need my advice they didn't need my support other than just to hear them and so i listened and i probably was late i don't remember But this is why I always tell people to put yourself in a position with your employer, unless you're a surgeon or, you know, 15 minutes could mean life or death for the person. You know, put yourself in a position where if you're running late every now and then, there's no big deal. Right. So those are four moments. And to recap, you know, the the. The idea is to leave the world a better place. The idea is to be okay when you know people uh, literally critique you um but they're honest and and be able to endure betrayal of false friends and what I mean there is. You know, if you've got people in your life that because of something that you said that was well intended, they don't necessarily have the ability to receive it the way you intended or which you have no control over how people receive what you say. But if it hurt them to the point that they no longer want to be a part of your life or be friends with you or be in your social circles. The question is, what did you lose? Um, That's that's where I'll leave that. And when it comes to making comments, don't make comments about people's appearance, their bodies, their children, their religious, their beliefs, you know, because you could end up offending them without even really trying, right? And then there is this, Idea that if you're a social butterfly, you know, I had an uncle John who when he lived I don't think he ever met a stranger You can't always mesh people together. All groups don't go together Like some people put sugar and spaghetti. I cannot do it. I won't do it, right? Some people put milk and tea. I Will not do it won't do it, you know, some people put Oh, God, catch up on eggs. I cannot do it. Won't do it. So what do we know? You know, everything is not made for everything. All people are not meant to be meshed together in a group. And sometimes we just need to keep things separate, you know, keep people separate. Um, They can exist, but not make them exist. And the other thing is, you know, when a person is hurting and they need you, be intentional with what you speak, but also realize that sometimes broken people are looking for something to hold on to that wasn't always what you were intending in your conversation or your support. And simply put, you know, if people don't ask you your opinion about a particular thing when they need you, to just listen. Shut up. And and I'm saying this more for me, you know. Don't give people more than what is needed. If people just need you to listen, just listen, you know, when when people are going through crisis, you know, sometimes what we tend to do is want to offer our experiences so we can share a kinship. Oh, yeah, you know, somebody left me before, and uh, look at me now. Man, I'm doing so much better that they're gone. You know, that's not what people want to hear. They just want you to listen. And if someone is about to make a decision, and they need you to support their decision, and that's going to tip the scales on whether they do it or not, err on the side of keeping your opinion to yourself. Because in the end, if they don't end up leaving the person that they're talking about, you end up being the bad guy because you might have gone too far with your critique because you felt that they were in such a dark place. You had to pull them so far out of it that sharing your truth or belief about how a person treated them may become worse to them than what they're experiencing, if that makes any sense. So... I don't know what to do or say more than that. I just want to say, keep your hearts, your spirits, and your minds intact. Um, this has been Lowe's Logic. You can follow me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, iHeartRadio, Samsung, Podcast, Audible, Apple, iTunes, Podcast. Be well. Peace.